Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony. I am your host, Susan, and I'm just making sure you're paying attention. My name is Margot, and happy Friday and happy weekend to you all. At the time of this release, I am currently on vacation, uh, enjoying some warmer weather, and hopefully not murdering a family member. Interestingly enough, I have no major astrological occurrence or pagan holiday occurring that I want to cover for the coming week, but it is Super Bowl Sunday in two days, and my local team, the Philadelphia Eagles, has made it to the Super Bowl. If there's one thing that I, and I believe the whole of the United States, knows, it's that Philly is very passionate about their sports teams, (laughs) like climbing phone poles and punching a horse passionate. Just please don't let a couple terrifying people convince you that the rest of us are the same way. The rest of us will be watching at home, drinking too much, and screaming at the TV like normal people. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm really there for the puppy bowl and the buffalo wings, and that's the shameful truth. Anyway, today we are continuing along our fool's journey with another Fortune and Flora episode. This time, we are encountering the Empress in all her magnificent glory and the surprisingly magical geranium. Surprising to me because I came up with geranium um, in a really stubbornly apprehensive way. So this is the first time that we are going to deviate away from any plants or trees that are specifically depicted in the tarot card that we're also covering and venturing into the realm of plant magic that is associated with the specific card by way of its magical properties alone because I didn't want to do wheat. (laughs) I just, I love bread so much, but I didn't want to do wheat or grain. And there's also cypress trees in the background of the Empress card as shown in most RDS themed decks. And cypress is an amazingly magical tree, but it also felt a little too far removed from the energies of the Empress herself to feel as cohesive as I wanted it to be. So I did just about the nerdiest thing that I've ever done to find geranium. Uh, I cross-referenced an extensive list of fertility and abundance plants, which is criteria number one, by all the major categories that the empress falls under, which are a feminine energy, criteria number two, ruled by Venus, criteria number three, and also ruled by the element of earth, criteria number four. And you know what I came up with? Nothing. Zip. (sighs) I submit myself to my fellow nerds out there to challenge you to find a plant that fits all four criteria because I wasn't able to. I did, however, find three plants that met three of the criteria, and they were banana. (laughs) I didn't want to do banana either. Daffodil, interesting, but also not really lighting up my imagination. And finally, geranium, which met every criteria except for its elemental ruler, which is water water, where all life comes from. So I can work with that. Plus, geranium is highly magical, I came to find out. Typically, I like to discuss plant magic that I'm fully familiar with, but here's another new thing about this episode. I'm learning along with you this time, and it was really good. I think we'll all be happy with this. But first, let's talk about the resplendent empress. So as we follow along with the fool, We can imagine that after spending time with the high priestess and absorbing all the lessons she has to teach him, he bids her adieu 
and continues on his quest until he encounters yet another enchanting and formidable female figure, the Empress. She is alluring to the point of attraction, but also extremely powerful looking, intimidating and enchanting at the same time. She sits on a throne fit for a queen of soft cushions and rich colors, and on the floor resting near the throne is a shield with the Venus symbol etched into it, signifying her connection to the ancient goddesses Venus and Aphrodite. Before her is a field of grain, corn, wheat, or both, and it ripens and grows strong, signifying abundance and fertility. Beyond her, you can see a winding river and a rich forest of cypress trees, all signs of great fertility and abundance, as evergreens, such as the cypress, do not lose their foliage or their green coloring in the dead of winter. It is an earthly paradise of nature, creativity, and growth that she presides over. On her head, sits a crown of 12 stars, which is a nod to her connection to the mystical realms, as well as the zodiac and the 12 months of the year. She wears flowing and luxurious robes that are patterned with pomegranates. In this case, they're representing their powers of fertility and rebirth. At her neck, you may be able to spy a string of pearls, not just a mindless adornment, but a symbol of purity, beauty, and spiritual wisdom. The scepter in her hand, a rod or phallic shape topped by a sphere, is indicative of the coming together of masculine and feminine energies to bring about the process of creation. In many cases, she is even shown with a pregnant belly, for she is the cosmic mother, pregnant not just with a child, but with the very essence of life, ideas, and desires. She is raw feminine power, which exudes abundance, fertility, sexuality, creativity, beauty, the pleasures of the senses, and also the nurturing motherly energies. Creation is her domain, and she commands the fool to experience the exquisite splendor of the natural world, to celebrate both the body and the mystical mind, and to revel in the gifts of taste, touch, scent, and sound. On many RDS, or Rider-Waite-Smith, cards, all of this scenery is set upon a yellow background, yellow being the color of energy, creation, and vitality. It evokes the radiant, vibrant energy that brings forth all life. So, the Empress comes up as number three in the Major Arcana. The number three has always held powerful symbolism. Think about the saying that all good things come in threes. Think about the birth, life, and death cycle, the mind, body, and soul connection, the three acts of a typical story. When the number three shows up, it's generally a message of creativity, communication, optimism, and curiosity. And throughout human history, the number three has always had a unique significance. The ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras, for whom we received the Pythagorean theorem, about the three sides of a triangle, theorized that the meanings behind numbers was deeply significant, and the number three was considered a perfect number, the number of harmony, wisdom, and understanding. It's a number to tell time by, either past, present, or future, or the phases of existence, which are birth, life, and death. And let's not forget the concepts of the beginning, the middle, and the end. Pythagoras considered it the number of the divine. 
three is also considered the magic number in many fairy tales. And now I'm reminded of the song Three is the Magic Number by Bob Duro. According to numerology.com, the number three has a tendency to thrive in an upbeat and engaging atmosphere. Its energy is youthful and positive, and it has an incredible zest for life. It dances from one enjoyable experience to the next, eager to interact with others along the way. The prized skill of the number three is communication, and it uses this talent to build a wide, interesting circle of friends, lovers, and kindred spirits. Three is highly original and embraces unique thinking and creative expression. The number's artistic, curious nature allows it to convey abstract ideas and find solutions others may miss. A child at heart, the number three never misses a chance to have fun, engage with others, and express all the love and joy it embodies. So now that the fool has encountered this incredible presence and taken in all the glory that surrounds her, what is it that they can learn from her? After learning from the high priestess that not all things that are real can be seen and that intuition, esoteric knowledge, and divine wisdom are all accessible within him, we can imagine that the fool might be feeling a little unsure of his path. Having graduated from the schools of the physical and the spiritual and now setting off to further his journey, it reminds me of how a high school or college graduate might be feeling a little lacking in real direction, even though, idealistically, they've been given the teachings necessary for them to start creating a life for themselves. And this is when a great motherly and nurturing figure shows up in the Empress. For the fool, she represents a reassuring motherly figure, as well as the connection to Mother Earth and embodies everything to do with our own fertility, nurturing ability, and abundance. She, like Mother Earth, is the warm, loving woman who nourishes and cares for him. She also represents the world of nature and sensation, as her garden of paradise provides the sights and sounds that enchant his senses and encourage his natural inclination to delight in the abundant goodness of Mother Earth, who surrounds him with her support. Here, in the company of the Empress, he is invited to rest and take in the incredible beauty of his surroundings, enveloping him like a soft, warm blanket. But there is a lesson that he will learn here. He will not float past this figure with such ease, she reminds him, sternly. For although the Empress is the great mother in the tarot, she does not have to create physical life as is denoted by the occasional appearance of her pregnant belly, to fully embody this energy of creativity and fertility. In fact, anyone can, male, female, or otherwise. The Empress will challenge the fool to consider his identity and whether his definition of the world is fully what he previously thought it to be. He will be challenged to consider now that he, as he is frequently depicted as a young man, can fully embody the energy of creation, fertility, and abundance, with or without the ability to grow new life within himself. He will soon understand that if the energy of the Empress can be fluid in her self-identification, then so can he. That gender is not identity, and identity is not gender. 
Lisa Robertson in Path Working the Tarot says that the Empress's deep connection to the earth means she can teach us all how to birth our ideas into the material world. But she will also be brutally honest about the level of sacrifice we will have to make in order to create all that we want and desire. There are no shortcuts or overnight successes. If you're willing to walk the path of creation with her, she will be more than eager to provide guidance along the way. But be forewarned, for her advice is not for the faint of heart. Ultimately, the Empress's lesson is about processes, cycles, and stages. Anything that we create must first be conceived of, and then go through a gestation period before being birthed into the world. But we all have the ability to carry out this process. We are only limited by ourselves. So when the Empress card appears to us, we are being told that it is time to create. Our environment and surroundings are offering us all the abundance that is necessary to feel nurtured and comforted while we go about the process of birthing our ideas. And inspiration is all around us. We are being reminded to nourish ourselves and indulge our senses, to connect with nature and thereby connecting with the energy of creation itself. You are being called to celebrate your fertile, sensual, and creative self. All of you. And finally, it may be recognizant of the general principle of mothering. I'm constantly working on what I like to refer to this as my living project. So anytime the Empress card appears to me, it is a complete and total celebration of my efforts and a supportive nod in the direction of perseverance, patience, and creative expression. Is there anything better? And speaking of the invitation to accept and embrace my creativity and accept happiness and abundance, geranium. Geranium or geranium maculatum grows beautiful, cheerful blooms that are native to North America, where they can grow wild all over the Northeastern United States, making an enchanting ground cover and positively lighting up the late spring woods with pale pink and purple flowers. Through several different plant magic and medicine sources, they are cited for their essential properties of happiness, abundance, fertility, health, love, and protection. Almost nurturing and motherly in their combination of attributes. Geraniums are known to attract butterflies and moths, powerful natural representations of rebirth, transformation, hope, and for the moth in particular, a link to the souls of the dead. Some other names for the flowering plant that you may have heard are cranesbill, spotted geranium, spotted cranesbill, wood geranium, wild cranesbill, crowfoot, dove's foot, old maid's nightcap, shameface. Um, that's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Shameface. Hardy geranium and wild geranium. The use of the word crane is believed to come from the Greek word for geranium, geranos, which means crane. It is said that when the flowers drop and the fruits were visible, the shape resembled the beak of a bird called geranos. In classical Greece, the geranos or crane dance associated itself with the concept of death. The myths themselves center around the symbolism of the crane bird. When looking into ancient history, folklore, and mythology regarding the geranium, I found that from Islamic to Christian to Scandinavian traditions, these plants occur frequently. 
The geranium flower's symbolism is associated with many gods and saints and has many desirable attributes. One story I found particularly enjoyable was that of the prophet Muhammad. According to pansymaiden.com, one version of the popular story is that the prophet Muhammad went to a mountain to pray, and when he returned to the valley, he was bathed in sweat. He removed his shirt and hung it on a simple plant which grew near his dwelling. When the shirt was dry, he blessed the modest plant for its service, and the prophet's blessing turned the weed into a beautiful geranium flower. And yet another piece of ancient history tells of the flower as a symbol of the god Odin's grace. In Teutonic and Scandinavian mythology, the geranium sylvaticum flower was dedicated to Odin, the god of wisdom, poetry, and war. This geranium flower was known under the name Odin's favor. In ancient times, a blue dye was produced from the geranium plant, and this was the color of the robes of priests and kings and warriors. According to tradition, this color was representative of the mantle and the eyes of Odin, befitting only the holiest and highest of favored individuals, such as a high priestess or an empress. The geranium was a symbol of prosperity in Egypt, longevity in Japan, and immortality in China. In the Victorian language of flowers, the true geranium is rich in floral symbolism, conveying the qualities of love, peace, healing, elegance, and spirituality. One fun piece of folklore I came across in Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs explains that a plot of red geraniums planted near a witch's cottage could tell of coming visitors by way of their movements, for the flowers could be magically charged to sway in the direction of approaching strangers and therefore warn the witch of an impending arrival. That sounds pretty useful. And although almost all of the information I came across on the geranium were of the positive nature, there was one piece of information that I found a little puzzling. And that is that there is one geranium species called Geranium robertianum that has been considered an ill omen in West Cumberland of the United Kingdom, even being referred to as death come quickly, and children were advised against plucking its flowers. The likely reason for the unfavorable reputation of the flower is its geographical location, and that region's people's fear of snakes. Oftentimes, snakes were seen hidden among the stems of the flower. So what's puzzling about that is that I also found a bit of folklore that claimed geranium protects against snakes. There's even a rhyme that goes, snakes will not go where geraniums grow. So I guess the jury is out on whether you might happen upon a snake on or near a geranium bed. Just keep your eyes peeled, I guess. In magical symbolism, geraniums can bestow the powers of fertility, health, joy, protection, frustrations passing away, and true friendship. And for these reasons, the geranium flower is a component of many magical spells. They can provide protection when grown in a garden, as well as inside the home when freshly cut and placed in water. It's ruling element, also the thing that keeps all plants alive, so I guess that makes sense. Pink geraniums are frequently used in love spells, while the white flowers are used to increase fertility. In contemporary Mexico, curanderos are known to cleanse and heal patients by brushing them with red geranium combined with fresh rue and pepper tree branches. 
And the rose geranium, which is the most highly scented variety, is used in protection sachets or the leaves rubbed onto doorknobs and windows to protect them. Drawing a bath with geranium and chamomile can increase one's awareness of their own body, enabling them to feel where extra care and attention is needed. Such is the magic of this intriguing and beguiling little flower. So before I leave you, I want to share a bath ritual and an incense that you can use to help you increase your personal fertility and creative energy with the help of both the empress and the geranium. And also, I want to say that since this episode was researched and pre-recorded in advance of my vacation, I do not have any Patreon shoutouts or updates as I'm a bit out of time as I record this, but I will catch up on anything I missed in the next episode. So first, I have a fertility crystal floral bath. The best timing for this bath is during a full moon, as that is the moon's own fullest power and fecundity. You will need a white or a green candle or a color that represents an aspect of your life that you want to bring more fertility to, a moonstone or a clear quartz crystal or both to help amplify the energy of the full moon, the empress card placed near you to help you meditate on abundance, creation, and fertility, and dried or fresh rose geranium flowers. Place the crystals and the geranium flowers in your bath of warm water, along with any other additions you feel will help you with your intention. Inscribe and dress your candle as you see fit. I recommend including the Venus symbol as well as the moon symbol. And place the lit candle and the empress card near the bath where you can see them as you soak. Once in the bath, meditate on the energies of the empress and the supportive magic of the geranium flowers fully engulfing your entire being. You may choose to repeat the following words three times. Rose geranium and empress supreme, help me to realize my creative dream. Okay, and next is the incense that you can burn anytime or even during this bath ritual. You will need your empress card to place where you work to help you focus your intention on creating an incense that empowers the energies of fertility, abundance, and creativity. You will need uh, dried geranium and two or three of any of the following plant or tree materials. Oak, pine, olive leaf, honeysuckle, basil, grape, lemon balm, mugwort, vervain, yarrow, cedar, juniper, patchouli, and anise. Blend or grind these together with a mortar and pestle. You can use a combination of plant materials and oils and sprinkle them over a charcoal disc whenever you are working to increase fertility, abundance, and creative energies, or simply want to embody the empress as fully as possible. Okay, and that is all that I have for you today. Please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, Coffee-Stained Notes on Witchcraft, If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, and the soon-to-come coven shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. 
or like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash A is for agrimony. And if you're interested in some exclusive insider bonus content, you can join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash A is for agrimony, where I share unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, and much more. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at A is for agrimony.com. That is all. Be well and talk to you next time.